Hello, I'm Felix, and welcome to You Gotta Hack That, the brand new podcast all about the security behind the Internet of Things. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about smart meters. To start off with, we're going to talk about how smart meters are connected together. There's quite a lot of variance in this space, and actually, that variance is driven mostly by regional decisions. Regions don't just mean the country, it can actually mean within a country itself. In the UK is a good example of that. We've got two regions. We've got north of England and Scotland, and we've got everything else, so central and southern England. Each of those regions has done something slightly different, and that's led to quite a lot of confusion and vague documentation online. There's three major parts to the smart meter network. There's the stuff that you and I can see, which consists of your smart meters, the electricity and the gas, the communications hub, which is usually strapped to the top of your electricity meter. There might also be an in-home display or IHD. These all talk to each other using Zigbee, a protocol designed for resource-constrained devices and small messages. The communications hub, though, talks to the DCC, which is the data communications company. The hub talks on a variety of different technologies. And in the UK, we've got two main schemes. We've got LRR, or Long Range Radio, which nobody really knows much about because it's not very well documented. And we've got the cellular network, so 2G and 3G. The DCC doesn't actually receive the data itself. It passes on the data to the energy companies. Instead, the DCC just looks after making sure those smart meters are connected. There's quite a few different attack surfaces here. Now, I'm not going to really cover the DCC and the energy suppliers because they're boring from an IoT perspective. You know, it's servers, people, applications, and APIs. And whilst they still need security, they're not really the focus of this podcast. The WAN and the HAN, those technologies, Zigbee and the LRR, those, however, are very specific to operational technology, which is far more in tune with what we do. So the WAN and the HAN both have wireless capabilities. And that equipment that runs those wireless capabilities will have vulnerabilities. The vulnerabilities there will be you know, of a wide range of different topics. But the ones you can really think about are the protocol itself and the cryptography that's used to protect that protocol. If you can break the cryptography that's used to communicate wirelessly, then you've suddenly got a really big attack surface area to look at more, which is the protocol. Because those protocols, that message that gets sent from, say, the communications hub to the DCC, that will have loads of details about you know, which smart meter it is, what the consumption is, all that kind of information. You've also then obviously got the consumer hardware itself. So, you know, the hub, the IHD and the meters. They all present attractive options as far as an attacker is concerned. I sat down for a few minutes and I reckon there's probably four-ish classes of a threat actor that's in this space. Consumers, nation states, trolls and then burglars or thieves. Some of those are more obvious than others, but you know, just for an example, being a consumer uh, with the price of electricity as it is at the moment, having free electricity would be quite an obvious choice. So how do those attacks get completed? Well, that's a very good question, and I won't be able to tell you the definitive answer here, and hopefully most of the, what I'm about to say doesn't even apply because someone has already thought about it and dealt with those problems. However, theoretically, what you've got is uh, a lot of different cryptography problems. Zigbee is actually known for having some flaws when it comes to cryptography. But I don't think those apply to the smart meters network. And that's because the flaw that's most prevalent with Zigbee devices is known as a key exchange vulnerability. 
When you do key exchange, that's where cryptographic material is shared between two or more devices. Now, with most Zigbee devices, the key exchange protocol is protected by a known key, which means if you're present at the time of the key being exchanged, you can extract that information from the message being sent. To my knowledge, in the smart meters network, there is no such public key, and therefore that key exchange is done on a bigger scale, and therefore that exchange is done in a protected manner. It doesn't mean it's not weak, though. If you were to be able to breach that cryptography, then suddenly you'd be able to manipulate the messages that are sent over the protocols, either the you know LRR or over the Zigbee connections. Manipulating those messages means you may be able to under-report or over-report how much energy consumption you're using, but it's not just limited to that. Smart meters are infamous for having a kill switch. Now, in the UK, we're not allowed to use the kill switch, and we're not even allowed to turn the meters back on for safety reasons. Another way of looking at this is wireless technology is jammable. If you were to be able to jam the Zigbee traffic from your meter to the communications hub, for instance, you might find it possible to stop that from being able to report your usage. Now, that's probably just a temporary flaw that wouldn't last very long. However, in theory, you could jam it for so long that some of that data got lost. Might take a very long time though. If you were to have physical access to a smart meter and you didn't mind breaking it open, then you might well be able to extract the firmware and get the firmware to report incorrectly how much energy usage you're using. That firmware is fairly highly guarded, and so it would likely require some hardware attacks to be able to get a copy of it, let alone to then be able to make modifications to it. So what protections are in place? Well, the meters and hubs have physical constraints, you know, anti-tamper screws, tamper evident tags, that kind of thing. They may even have tamper switches built into them. But they'll probably also have electronic controls such as e-fuses, which turn off things like JTAG or serial access to those components, making it much harder for an attacker to be able to extract a firmware or be able to interact with it at all. The HAN and the WAN, those wireless technologies, have lots of layers of encryption in place. And the WAN itself has two layers. The first layer is to authenticate and protect the communication from you to the DCC. But because the DCC doesn't actually ever see any of the data, they just hand it on to the suppliers, the second layer of encryption is on the inside of that first one. And it's designed so that only the energy supplier can see that information. And these have been done by doing some clever key exchange activities so that only the right people get copies of the keys. So it's physically impossible for the wrong people to be able to see that sort of information. So what do I think? Well, there's some clear pinch points here. You know, key exchange talked about quite a lot, but there's also that fact that we're talking about some devices that have got low power abilities or, you know, resource constrained and their ability to do cryptography well is is quite difficult. Now, we're probably safe on this front because we'll probably be using something like elliptic curve cryptography, which is designed specifically for that purpose. But should quantum cryptography ever get off the ground, that might start to become under threat. I also think that doing attacks against the smart meter network on a large scale is relatively unlikely. It would be much easier to affect a small scale population, you know, say one or two houses rather than a whole area like London. And the reason for that is because of the cryptography that's involved. You know, we all have different keys, which means that it's difficult to then be able to breach all of them all at the same time. And the radio frequency range limits that are inherently present because of the laws of physics. 
those things mean you'd have to be present and have the cryptography keys or you know be in a particular location within a, a network and have those cryptography keys. In either case, you wouldn't be able to attack a lot of people very quickly. One thing that does concern me is the fact that the WAN is, at least sometimes in the in the examples of LRR, probably proprietary. And, and that means that there's no peer review by the security community about what that protocol does and whether it's weak to any particular forms of attack. Not only does it mean that there's no visibility to it, but actually it means that if an assurance activity were done about this, it might be quite difficult for, say, a penetration tester to be able to achieve that goal. And that's because of two things. It's likely that there's no tooling available so that actually the the pen tester has to write tools to make those attacks possible. And they probably don't have the skills or experience necessary to do that work because it's, you know, it's proprietary and it's quite specialist, even if it wasn't proprietary. Radio frequency stuff gets quite hardcore quite quickly. So I think that it's likely that high-end threat actors, you know, those nation states of the world, are probably really interested in our smart meters network. But I also think that it would take a huge amount of effort and time and resource to be able to make an impact that's worth having. And for that reason, I'm not sure it's all that likely. Watch this space. So that leaves me to say thank you for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please give the show a rating or review in your podcast app. We would really appreciate it. To talk to us about any aspect of the show, suggest a future topic, or to ask a question about IoT security, please get in touch via email on helpme at yg.ht or with at gotta underscore hack via Twitter.